It's getting cut, so it doesn't matter yeah, either way. <laughs> but it will get kept forever for our own personal enjoyment. Maybe that's the cold open. <laughs> that's all this is. Personal enjoyment. Which, speaking of the cold open... Dylan and Andrew are back with an episode. What do they want? Are they up to no good? Find out when today's Wadfam Chalkpod begins right now. Hello and welcome to the Wadfam Chalkpod. I'm Dylan Weaver. I'm Andrew Sabo. And uh, we're back again talking about episode 159, The Homecoming. This is the part where you talk, Andrew. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I was listening to one of the old episodes. I was like, Andrew, you always just say yes. And I'm like... <laughs> Because I don't know how to, how to yeah, respond there, there, to that. There's not a good way to respond. That's why I make you do it. Co- correct. Affirmative. I agree. <laughs> Whatever you say, Dylan. Um, We're the I captain of this boat. Oh, captain, my captain. <laughs> so this episode is written by Paul McCusker and directed by Phil Waller. Um, it first aired uh, on July 20th of 1991. Um, and it is the final track on album 10, Other Times, Other, Other Places. places. Um, there were two episodes in um, that aired in between this and Way Late in the Windy City. But on the album, there is only one episode between hmm. this and Way Late in the Windy City. They just bump a date of life onto another album because uh, it's worth having Homecoming yeah. um, connected to those two. Um, that makes sense. And I agree. Yeah. Good call. Good call. Well done, Focus. <laughs> oh, good page. Good page. Um, and so uh, we have a uh, no no new characters. Yeah. Um, in this episode, but we can address a couple things here. We have um, uh, Officer uh, Patrick O'Ryan. Um, oh yes. Voiced yes. by Will Ryan. Yeah. He is essentially harlow yeah yeah well no he's like uh he's like the irish cop isn't he oh okay yes he is more irish than harlow is oh yes yeah no you're right what are you doing here you're right <laughs> um we've got a guy named jeff um who love, love eugene jeff. talks to we do not know who voiced him nope <laughs> that's fun um uh, the uh, driver of the bus at the end is Walker Edmonston, which was very obvious yeah. to me listening. Um, uh, Dave Arnold talks over the uh, announce is the announcer at the bus station, and Phil Waller voices a construction worker. Really, just you know, pulling yeah. from the bullpen here. Oh yeah, and Dave Arnold's also a cashier. Like yeah. it is just our... it, we're playing with house money right now. Yep, exactly. Just, um, just all the analogies. All of them. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, with all that out of the way, I'm going to go ahead and roll the promo. Yes, please. Next on Adventures in Odyssey. I want you off my property right now. Odyssey is in an uproar. Seeing you now is approximately 1.2 million years sooner than I would have preferred. Gotcha. Richard Maxwell has come home. Is this another trick, Maxwell? No. What's up his sleeve? Hear him out, Tom. Find out what happens on Adventures in Odyssey. That man said sleeve. Ain't no, ain't room in this town for the both of us, see? What you got up in your sleeve, see? What's going on here? 
Richard Maxwell. Why, why didn't they have him retake that? Yeah, he was just like, Scleave! <laughs> like, he stumbles over it! Yeah, yeah, like, stumble so is eloquent. Like, I think he runs into it, falls over, and then gets up, and then keeps going. Scleave! What's up, Scleave! Scleave! Odyssey, what are you doing? Also, the backing track was way too loud. You could hardly hear the vocals. You could, and also, it's weirdly Western. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I, don't I was know like, why this is a Western episode, but I guess. Like, you know, meet yeah. you in the front of the, you know, billiards hall at sundown situation. So, yes, Maxwell is back, folks. Yeah, in, in proper blackguard fashion. Yeah. This episode has the cold open. Yes, sir. We start with uh, Irish officer O'Ryan mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, talking to. Uh, an unnamed person who yeah. is obviously Maxwell. Yeah. Um, he's back in town. He, we had talked about this, I think, last episode. He was in the Campbell County Detention Center. So. Yes. Is that juvie? So, I looked it up. Okay, good. Detention. So, juvenile detention center is juvie. Obviously. Just straight up detention center is an institution for short-term detention of illegal immigrants, refugees, and people awaiting trial or sentence. So I don't know why they didn't just say prison. Yeah, he was definitely in prison. Because he was convicted of arson. Right. (laughs) I guess maybe it would be harder for him to get off on good behavior if he was in prison. No, I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. It's bizarre. I, I, yeah. I love the cold open. I'm not going to lie. I do too. I think that like, I won't say all Odyssey, but I think a lot of Odyssey should use that more. Just because for some reason it feels so much more atmospheric. Like it it feels like, oh, I'm in Odyssey now. Like it doesn't feel Mm -hmm. like there's a show that's about to start. It's, these are characters. We already know what's going on. Let's talk about it. Like. Yeah, and then and then it cuts to right. You know, it's it's the it's the whole TV show thing where it right. just starts on a scene and then it yep. cuts to the intro. Yeah, which is a much more recent TV thing, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's I'm. I think like well, I guess within the grand scheme of television, I think like The Office yeah. did that a lot. Did Seinfeld do that? That's what I was trying to think. Seinfeld didn't really have a theme song. No, 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 no. Seinfeld do 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 do. Yeah. Seinfeld. But well, Seinfeld... And they just they always just put their little Seinfeld like logo in the corner. Like it wasn't yeah. even like it took over the whole screen. Yeah. It just showed up in the corner while Jerry was doing his stand up. Yeah. So So they kinda yeah. had their thing. Yeah. But like I think of I think like obviously the office did it a ton. Yeah. Um Parks and Rec did it. Like a lot of those like classic like workplace comedies did it. Um High Metro Mother did it a ton. Yeah. I don't really watch. Does Superstore do it? Yes. Okay. There you go. Yeah. It it has become very much the norm, but I don't think it had been for a long time. No, no, I don't think it was by any. Even case. reaching back to the '90s when they're doing this, like I don't necessarily know that it's the norm. But mm-hmm. uh, for those of you who know more than us, uh, we know where us. to find us. <laughs> um, At Wadfam Chalkpod. Everywhere. Um, even TikTok. <laughs> that's a lie let's make a tiktok <laughs> andrew if you want to do that that's fully on you but i will not endorse it yo odyssey tiktoks let's get it we can make a dance 
I mean, Christian TikTok's already a thing. Maybe this is how we get more listeners. Yo, maybe. Wait, Christian TikTok? Is that a separate app? No. It's just the Christian side of it's TikTok. It's just like a Christian, like, undercurrent of yeah. TikTok? Yeah. Yeah. Less thoughty, more godly. But Okay. Anywho. <laughs> so, we get that. Then we get, like, we get, we get this cold open with Richard Maxwell. He's back in town. Um, it's we- clearly him. Yes. Obviously. And then he says his name. Yeah. And then we cut to credits. Yeah. With Chris being like, oh no, Maxwell's back. What yeah. could that mean? And it was like a weird, yeah, one of those weird like early Odyssey, fourth wall breaky Chris things. Yeah. Where I'm like, hmm, what's going on here? Why? <laughs> and also like the whole point was him just saying, oh yeah, I'm back in town because I'm not a bad person anymore. And then Chris is like, ah, he's a bad person and he's back in town. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Um, Those are his two defining characteristics. <laughs> and then we uh, jump in on Tom talking with John Avery Whitaker. Yeah, at Wit's End. Yeah, he's um, got a what? He's got a meeting with Maxwell because uh, he because Tom's talking about running, like seeing Maxwell yeah. get off the bus. Well, so, right? so Tom talks about the fact that he and Hank um, were walking. Mm-hmm. Um, and Hank's his nephew, right? No. No, no, no. Hank is, like, another, like, uh, Odyssey Council person. Like, he's, oh, yes, he's yes, like, yes, involved. Yes. He he becomes a player. What's his, what's his nephew's forward. name? Kurt? Uh, Kurt Stevens. Kurt Stevens is not Tom's nephew. What? What's his... Wait, wh- who's the kid from the Edge Biter episode? What? That's Kurt, but that's he's not related to Tom. Oh. Do you listen to this show, Andrew? Yes, I do. <laughs> you listened to that episode twice. Yes, several times, yeah. Um, anyways. So, so yeah. Um, they, so, Tom and Hank were walking by mm-hmm. the Blackguard's Castle, and they saw that people were, that there was a company there starting to remove the rubble. Mm-hmm. And then, like a ghost from, a pa- from the past, a bus drove by and... And Tom thought he saw Maxwell in it. Mm-hmm. Then he goes to Wit, tells him that, and um, Wit explains that he got a letter from Maxwell asking him to meet at the castle. And Tom is very uh, hesitant, panicked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he is not not into this at all. And uh, Wit's like, ah, oh, no, we'll give him another chance. Like mm-hmm. I'm I'm Wit, and and Tom's like. Yeah, but, like, I didn't have that experience you and Connie did mm-hmm. in uh, Chicago. So, which I, I love that they just set up that Tom knows it. Mm-hmm. It's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, they talk, not just on air. Yeah. That's really important. Yeah. Um, And then, yeah, and, and was just like, yeah, well, like, I'm going to go, I'm going to go see him out. And Tom's like, well, be careful, Wit. I don't like this. I don't like this at all. Yeah, it's it feels Those... very much like, um like, kind of like Wit during the Novacom era where he was just like really paranoid uh-huh. and just kind of like, eh, my yeah. senses are tingling and it says bad things. And right. like, well, you know, you got to give people the benefit of the doubt. And he's like, eh, right. do you? The thing is, <laughs> I don't think I'm gonna. Right. The thing is in both circumstances, wit was right. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So they're playing like opposites here where Tom's skeptical here. Wit is is very willing to welcome it in. Yeah, and then yeah. when we get to Novacom, it's Wit being very skeptical, Tom being willing to welcome them in. Mm-hmm. But both times, Wit is right and Tom is wrong. 
Poor guy. Yeah. <laughs> Poor guy. Um, I. So basically, the whole gist of this episode, and obviously we'll get more into it specifically, but it's it's Maxwell kind of coming back on like a sort of apology tour. Yes. Um, and he's it's so. like he's trying to make amends with all the people that he hurt in Odyssey. Yep. Um, that's his thing. So anyway, so we get that. And then we get what it's it's Maxwell running into Eugene at the college, right? That's what's next. Yeah. So so we go from there to um, yeah, Eugene talking with Jeff, mm-hmm. um, an unknown actor, yes. Jeff. Jeff Jeff comes up to him and asks, you know, um, he says that you know Maxwell has been looking for you, mm-hmm. um, and uh, Eugene's like, oh no. That's bad, and then proceeds to recap all of Eugene's dilemma. Yeah. To, to Jeff. Yeah. Um, and listeners, um, just in case you weren't you weren't aware and you weren't listening to yeah. the Blackguard Chronicles. And so he brings up everything with with that going with Nicholas Adamsworth and the yeah. grade scandal. And there's this great thing of like him of him being like you know do you, you remember. You remember that grade scandal at the college two years ago? And yeah, he's like, yeah. yeah. And he's like, this guy was the one involved. And, like, I like that mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah, because it's, it's them talking within the universe. It's them being like, oh, these are also characters that we don't even necessarily know, but they know what happened because what happened was important to everybody, even the people we don't know. Yeah. Um, and then we get the uh, we get the wonderful line, uh, soiled and low-limbed, as opposed to dirty and underhanded. Yep. Uh, which I, I mean, I get it. Like that's definitely an intentional joke, but low limbed, yes, and underhanded, right? Not the same thing. Yeah, but it's this, it's this thing of wit or of wit. Eugene. It's this thing of Eugene being like, you know, very proto Sheldon. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that gets dialed up more at this point. Like I didn't, it, like it was. It's always been there. Mm-hmm. But they, I don't know. They make it more of less of set dressing and more of like the character. Yeah, well, that, I point. mean, when his whole thing was that like he was a very prideful kind of holier than thou because I'm smarter than thou type right. character when he was younger, and then eventually when he like becomes a Christian and stuff, I feel like they really start to dial it back. Yeah. Um. But that like, especially in like I don't know, probably the first. 15 20 albums he's like that's a huge part of eugene's character is him just being really smart and talking like it and yep. like you know tom that, like that's the whole conflict with him and tom he's like like how do you do how do you fare all that all that good stuff and i'm like i don't want some howdy and i'm like oh, gosh. yeah you, you think do you think they brought up eugene in the big bang theory pitch meeting they i was gonna say <laughs> when you said it was sheldon i'm like Wow. Yeah, no, no. It's, it's, it's the same it's guy. It's absolutely, like, that whole... And, I mean, it, it's a general nerd stereotype. Like, yeah. this show is not original for it. Neither is Big Bang Theory. But it is really funny. Yeah. Um, How that, similar they are. Well, right. and, and, and even the... And also, the fact that I like Odyssey quite a bit, and I cannot stand Big, Big Bang, Bang Theory, <laughs> makes it even funnier. Yeah. Yeah. But I think, I mean, like, the whole nerd trope is, like, the entirety of the Big Bang Theory. Right. Whereas the nerd trope is, like, 
part of one character in Odyssey. Yes. Which definitely helps. Yeah. That, that, that's fair. So Does the Big Bang Theory have a theme song? Oh, yes, it does. Yeah. Yeah. Does that have to start? Does that start with the sun? Or is it, no, that starts with the theme song, doesn't it? I think it does. I don't know for sure, though. I don't want to watch it and find yeah. out. Not nope. Lie. No, thank you. Uh, don't tweet us, tweet at us about the Big Bang Theory. Please just leave us and the Big Bang Theory completely separate. Yeah. I'm sorry for bringing it up. So we jump We jump then from there to a shop where Lucy is purchasing a magazine mm-hmm. um, because uh, she wants to be a reporter someday. Yep. That's like <laughs> Lucy's character. Yep. And so... The magazine, I was first like, a kid purchasing a magazine? Ah, I guess it is the 90s. And then I was like, oh, wait, it's, it's Lucy. Lucy. Yeah. <laughs> We're fine. It's fine. This, 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 this checks out. And then she, like, turns around and Maxwell is standing there. Bow, bow, bow. And he says his creepiest line of the episode. And I wrote it down. Hiya, kiddo. I didn't realize it was you. You've grown up. But clench. <laughs> Please do not refer to a girl who you had a weird romantic subplot with as kiddo, kiddo and say that they have grown up because that makes you a pedophile? Much worse. Much, much worse. We are getting some... Annie, you've grown up. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> or... To harken back to our Modesty is the Best Policy episode, where Wit compliments... Oh my god! Wit compliments Donna on her looks and says that she's, that she's growing up. Yeah. Yeah. But, does he say she's becoming a woman? I think he does. Yeah. It, it's Same it's, energy here. Same, same kind of scrotum-tightening energy where you're just like, huh? No more! Yeah. No more. Yeah. So Maxwell starts to, to try and say something, and Lucy just cuts him off and walks out, and I really appreciate that. Oh, yeah. Thank you for giving Lucy agency and not making her, um, yeah, it's great that she knows what she, like, yeah. She knows that she's uncomfortable and she responds accordingly to Correct. it. Correct. And in, like, definitely making the right choice by just being like, eh. Yeah, it's it's really good. I have grown up. I'm smart enough to stay away from creepers like you. Yes, absolutely. So so yeah, we then we then cut away from from this to Eugene and Lucy both busting in and like going back and forth of like you talk now you talk. Eugene's like, well, the woman should go first, and like they're they're back and forth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And finally, it's just like. Just tell me. And they yeah. both blurt out in unison that Maxwell is back. back in t- yeah, and Maxwell's back in town. And I was like, the boys are back in town. The boys are back in town. Just one of them, though. Yeah, just the one of them. Just the one. Um, And he is a man. Yeah, definitely a man. Not a boy. He was in prison. Not in juvie, as we've clarified. Yep. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so, and... With... This is before Wit meets him. So, like, Wit's already kind of aware of all this. And Tom is very much, like, so Tom, Lucy, and Eugene are very much like, uh, we don't feel good about this. And Wit's like, well, yep. you know what? Like, I'm going to meet with him. I'm going to hear him out. Like, I, I I think he's changed. You know, I've got, I've got respect. Like, yeah, like, yeah. you got to give him the benefit of the doubt. 
And Tom's like, they're tearing down the castle. Yeah. And Maxwell's here. Like, something's afoot. Blackman's yeah. got to be behind this. Like, yeah. I'm not comfortable with it. Um, I don't want you to get into anything. With, well, and like, it was established in Waylaid in the Windy City that um, Glossman still manages the property. So, Blackard still owns the land that Blackard's castle's on. Correct. So, I mean, if Wit knows that, he knows that at least Blackard's aware of what's happening to his property. So he's not completely unaware of what's going on. Right. Um, um, and so, so Wit's like, well, you know, whatever, I'm going to go meet Maxwell. Yeah. And so he, he leaves and starts walking over to Blackard's castle. Mm-hmm. We then cut to Blackard's castle with Maxwell there before Wit. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's him talking to the construction worker and being like, you know, hey, what's what's going on here? What's happening? Mm-hmm. Um, which is really great to establish that Maxwell isn't in on this plot. Yeah, he's it's like there's he's no here one his... around, mm-hmm. and he is genuinely doesn't know. Yeah, yeah, he's um, he's there for the prerogative that he honestly confesses, which is he wants to begin a new life, and he's starting by making amends. Yep. Um, there's this there's really good sound engineering of just all of the background mm-hmm. noise of the construction equipment yeah. to the point where like they end up walking away from like Wit and Maxwell after meeting there mm-hmm. walk away because it's like too, too loud. loud yeah um which was really good mm-hmm. um and so Maxwell wants Wit's help with his plan yeah um and then we cut to commercial break yeah. oh no what's the plan what can <laughs> Maxwell be up to and we cut back, and uh, he explains that he wants to apologize to mm-hmm. everyone he's wronged in Odyssey. Yeah. Yeah, he he wants to apologize to everybody, and then he starts with apologizing to Wit, right? Yeah. Well, even before that, Wit jumps on as soon as he says he wants to apologize, and is like, Well, All you right. need to apologize to God first. Well... It's the he 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 distinguishes the difference between apologizing and forgiving, mm-hmm. and is like, look, like you can't just go up to people and say you're sorry. You also have to ask them to accept that apology. Mm-hmm. Um, and he agrees to help out Maxwell, and then Maxwell does a really good, extremely humble, mm-hmm. um, this just a little bit of dialogue where he you're i guess it's really a monologue where he apologizes to wit mm-hmm. in just a way that is that feels so genuinely sincere well and it's also kind of in line with his character arc in the sense that like he so he was something and then he started turning around and then he suffered the consequences of his actions and then we saw him way late in the Windy City where, like, yes, he's still very much the person that he was before, but he's also different now, and he sees the world in a different way, and he's behaving differently, and he's not letting his emotions get the best of him. Like, um, he didn't buy the—he wasn't—it was a squirt gun. He wasn't letting it. Yeah, I would I would argue a little bit that in way late in the Windy City, we see Maxwell has—he's changed in that— He's not going to, like, he is taking control of his own life. Yeah. And he's not going to do stuff that's going to wind him up in prison and that sort of thing. But he's but, also self-interested. Exactly. And he's coming, he's very vengeful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, he's doing this whole thing. To get back. Just 
to like make Blackard get down on his knees and beg um, so that he can feel good. Yeah. So it's not his motivations aren't pure, even though like we are starting to see the progress. But like mm-hmm. I think that that's kind of the beauty of it is it's like this guy didn't do a one eighty. He like turned in a moment of like rage mm-hmm. essentially going back mm-hmm. um to uh the battle mm-hmm. and then he and then right and then so he suffered the consequences and he learned from that but he hadn't ch- he, his core person hadn't changed yeah um and then he is now back in odyssey trying to right some of these wrongs Mm -hmm. or at least acknowledge the wrongdoing well and and what he's like the whole i think the whole gist is that he wants to start fresh like he wants to kind of yeah he he wants to restart he kind of wants to press the reset button on his life and like he knows that he has to apologize before he can do that um and so then we get wit talking about forgiveness and talking about like well, I'm going to forgive you because Christ forgave me. And I'm just like, yes, wit, like, get it. Like, you, you know, this is, like, such a good wit moment because I think that it's so often, I think it's so often overlooked. There's there's a sense in Christianity, and this is one of the reasons I really like this episode and wanted to talk about it, is there's a sense of self-interest with as a condition for forgiveness, where it's like you can only forgive them if you believe that they've truly changed and they're not going to hurt you again. Right. And really, that's not how forgiveness works. Right. Forgiveness isn't about you not getting hurt again. Forgiveness is about you being Christ and saying, it's okay if I get hurt again because mm. I've got God. Um, yeah. And I think that's what I think that's what we get from, from Wit here with just being him being like, listen— I'm here for you and I'm going to be God to you even though like people that I love and respect are kind of suggesting I don't. Mm, Um, And then that's how, I mean this, and then we see the the episode progressing where, um, so after this meeting, it goes to what it's wit and Maxwell in wit's office after he's apologized to Connie. Yeah. There's there's one thing I kind of want to hit on before we move on. Go for it. Not to not to bring things back, but it's it's the one point that I don't I don't I don't know. I'm I'm mixed on it in this episode. Go for it. And it is so Maxwell has that great bit where he apologizes. Mm-hmm. And then Wit says that he says, I forgive you. And Max, Maxwell's like, oh, you do? Like, that's that's great. And Wit says, I don't have a choice but to forgive. Um, mm-hmm. And then kind of goes into this thing about, um, about how much forgiveness is part of his faith. Mm-hmm. And I... It struck me oddly in this moment but i think it gets better fleshed out especially as we see the journey that tom is on later mm-hmm. but it is i what i don't like is the kind of 
hand wavy slip it under the mat kind of thing that saying i don't have a choice but to forgive Mm -hmm. kind of does yeah because it doesn't it doesn't make wit look more sincere Mm -mm. it makes it seem very mechanical yeah like regardless of what maxwell says Mm -hmm. he has asked therefore wit has to forgive yeah it's very transactional and i yeah. Which is so funny because he it was like, is... he was just saying that it's not transactional. You've asked and I don't have to forgive because I, you know, like. Right. Like not everyone is necessarily they're, going to. They're forgive, not ready for you that. you have to ask. Yeah. Um, and then he's like, well, you asked, so I have to forgive you. Yeah. And it, yeah, it, transactional is the right word where I was like, I don't. Yeah, I don't know what my feelings on that interaction should be but it it just struck me in a way i wasn't i didn't like yeah there there is a sense of you don't you don't get the choice um so in in my life, I've I've been forced with a lot of situations where I've had to forgive people that I really don't want to, um, and and a lot of my heart behind it, and a lot of my thoughts behind it, just end up boiling down to just Jesus died for his enemies. The least I can do is forgive the people that have hurt me. That's step one. And two is God help me. If you can forgive everybody, help me to see this person how you do help my heart to be like yours mm-hmm. so I can forgive them too. Um, because I think I think a lot of I think a lot of for, like lack of forgiveness and and why you forgive is a sense of well, clearly like you have to admit that they've hurt you first because there's a certain amount of vulnerability there where if if they're not actually apologizing you to you, you have to say, like, well, I forgive you, but I first have to say that, like, okay, you really hurt me, and, like, this is how you made me feel, and this is what you did, and this is, you know, how that is connected, and, uh, and that's, and that's really hard. There, there takes a, there takes a lot of, of vulnerability when, when somebody, I think about, like, the story of Joseph, right? Um, there's a big difference between, like, when, when a relationship is broken, there's a difference between forgiveness and then reconciliation. So mm. forgiveness is when you somebody asks for, you know, for your forgiveness. They say, I'm sorry, and you're like, it's okay, like I forgive you. But reconciliation is then the next step where you let them come close to you again and you make yourself vulnerable to being hurt again. Um And I think a lot of what this episode is establishing without even knowing it is the difference between forgiveness and reconciliation. So Wit is somebody that is forgiving Maxwell. I don't like the wording. I agree with you, definitely. But then the next step of reconciliation, he is beginning to do that by saying, okay, like, I'm choosing to believe the best about you. I'm choosing to support you in this. I'm not going to distance myself from my own preservation, even though you have hurt me. Um, and then we kind of see that from Connie, but then when we start talking about Eugene and Tom, we get less forgiveness and then a complete lack of reconciliation where it's like, 
well, I kind of forgive you because you did say you're sorry, but also, like, I'm keeping you at definitely at least one arm's length because you're not a good person and you are going to hurt me again. Um, and that's what, what, I mean, I really like this episode for that because yeah. Eugene, obviously, yep. like, no, no, no. We, go, can move, go. we can move on to it. Like, Eugene is, he's not a Christian at this point, right? Correct. Which is, I think is really powerful because then they start, when he apologizes to Eugene, um, Eugene's kind of like, well, I kind of conditionally forgive you. I forgive you in the sense that, like, I acknowledge that you acknowledge that you did something wrong. And it's very academic. It's very sterile in kind of emotion. And it's, it's, it is, it feels a lot more like, like transactional. Like it's kind of like, like an obligation where he's like, well, under these terms, if this is what forgiveness means, then sure. Right. But it's supposed to feel that way. Mm -hmm. Because like with wit, I think it's a weird lapse in writing Mm -hmm. where like, I don't think that that part is well written. And I think Mm -hmm. it comes off in a poor way with Eugene, you can see the intentionality there Yeah, where they're exactly. like, this is a person who is on his own journey and who doesn't have a Christian perspective on mm-hmm. forgiveness. Yeah. So he's just trying to make do with the tools he has and address this in a way that he feels is appropriate based on his sense of morality. Um, yeah. And it's, and it comes off very differently from what Wick does and what Connie does. Yeah. Um, and Lucy. Like, it it has... Yeah, it has a different feel to it. And I think that that is a real testament to... To the show. And well, yeah. and I think that... I think what we get with Eugene is there's... The secular pers- perspective on forgiveness is a lot more about kind of closing the book of right. what has happened and a lot less of... Just saying, like, oh, that's the end of one chapter. This book is still going on. It can still happen in the future. Um, right. Right. Like, yeah. Maybe Eugene doesn't have that distinction that you do between forgiveness and reconciliation. Yeah, exactly. He's thinking, well, like, I can ex- like, I can accept this apology and forgive you, but, like, things can't go back to normal. Yeah. Um, is very much how how Maxwell yeah feels in this um because yeah it so we because and and a lot of what we hear in eugene's dialogue is him being super upset about him hurting was it nikki the kid yeah and like that's that's where a lot of the feelings are are wrapped up in and i appreciate eugene so much in that that he's mm -hmm. like you like you like nearly destroyed this child's life yeah like how yeah you've gotta you've gotta face that Mm -hmm. and you've gotta talk to him and Mm -hmm. like yeah it's it's really good and even the the, so the start of this interaction is with kind of forcing eugene and maxwell to talk to each other maxwell's upstairs talking Mm -hmm. with wit because he had um, apologized to Connie, and it had yep. gone really well. It's worth saying. It had gone really yep. well, and she had said a lot of the things that Witt had said. Yep. Which and is, she, yeah, she had cried. Because Connie's a and, Christian. Right, and talked about Witt's same ideas on forgiveness. Yeah. Um, and, and there's, 
there's this thing in in this episode of we're kind of told that the reason Wit and Connie accept this so easily versus Tom and Eugene mm-hmm. and um, Lucy is that Wit, Wit and Connie got to spend time with Maxwell in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And while I like that detail, I don't think Maxwell in Chicago, like, was that big a turn. Yeah, as I think we that... talked about in both that episode and this one, like, he was still basically Maxwell. He just happened to be that 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 the joke I made about like he's not an angel. He just happened to be on the side of the angels exactly, this time. Exactly. Um. So I think it's I think it's funny that the show is like well like. They're having an easier go at this because they've already seen the goodness in Maxwell. And I'm like, but I what didn't goodness? really yeah. see the goodness in Maxwell last episode. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of besides the point. So, yeah, wit. Eugene comes up to the office, sees Maxwell, and like what I imagine is a pivot turn. And yeah, like, like starts to walk back down. And Wit's like, no, get in here. Yeah. I'm leaving. You two are yeah. talking. Um, and then we have. We have that that whole interaction that, there, yeah. And um, <laughs> Eugene has this incredible comedic line of like, he's like, "Well, Mister Maxwell, if I must be so frank, I'd like to say that seeing you now is approximately one point two million years sooner than I would have preferred." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> which is is quite Oof. funny. Um, and we even see so with Eugene's forgiveness here, it is fairly a fairly shallow Mm -hmm. forgiveness Mm -hmm. because he's he sets up all these conditions in which that Mm -hmm. he's willing to forgive and then max was like so is that a yes and eugene's like yeah it's a conditional one Mm -hmm. and maxwell says i'll take it yeah and eugene responds if it wasn't locked down you'd take it yeah. Oh, so yeah. he like immediately makes this joke after their like handshake, like we're we're quote unquote good now. Yeah. He then makes a he joke about back. Maxwell yeah. being a thief. Yeah. Um, and it it looks bad on Eugene, but I think it's really good writing mm-hmm. to be like, yeah, like he's. Like, he's forgiving Maxwell because Maxwell is asking this and because of where Eugene's at, he's like, all right, I forgive you, but, like, that doesn't really change anything. Yeah. Like, we're still the same, but I've said it. Yeah, so it's... And and the the strange thing about this episode is that, like, it's kind of counter-Odyssey in that it starts good and the the reactions of the characters to this apology even though it's the same apology gets worse and worse as it goes on like uh, yeah like it starts really good with wit it's good with connie it's yeah. which we mediocre don't at- hear any of because they did not want to pay katie lee this episode yeah. i assume <laughs> yeah, she's they, too expensive yeah i mean they they already had plenty of characters in it and yeah. we didn't really have time for it anyways but i do think it's funny of just like and that happened and it right. was good <laughs> right, right. well because because we've talked about it of like connie isn't quite like a series regular here yeah. she's just kind of a guest she, appearance yeah. yeah she's an um, 
And so, so she doesn't have to, like, she can be mentioned without showing up. Yeah. Which is not the case now. Not at all. Um, and so, and it's like, it's kind of like halfway. And then when we move on to like Maxwell apologizing to Lucy. Yeah. And when she, when he apologizes to Tom, it just gets worse and worse. Um, yeah. So him, him apologizing to Lucy is Mm -hmm. the next scene. Yeah. Um, Wit had communicated with Lucy's parents to set up Mm -hmm. a meeting between Maxwell and Lucy, um, which is... I think it's a good way of going about things. Yeah, like, yeah, I involving liked, the parents and I just being like, we're keeping this above board and right. like, I'm, Wits. I'm trying to, I'm, I'm trying to be a good person here, do right. good things. I'm trying to like, like my mom uses the phrase like, I'm, I'm above reproach. Like, mm. there's no way you could look at this and think that there's anything nefarious happening right. here. Wit, Wit is chaperoning it. He's, he takes a step back, but he's still like present. Present. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's a good. It's a good way of just setting up boundaries and stuff and not being like, and then Lucy and Maxwell like went for a walk, a walk in the woods and Maxwell apologized for everything. And like, like, I like that they're creating a safe environment that that everyone's aware of Mm -hmm. the problems here. Yeah. And are not just like, well, we're just going to ignore them because (laughs) he seems like he's a good guy. Oh, and like, yeah. Well, and the fact that like apologizing to a middle school girl is going to look the same as apologizing to adults. (laughs) Like, um, so, and Lucy's still very much hurting. Like she's, it's, yeah, she, she, so Maxwell kind of she she's there kind of bitterly. Yeah, yeah. She doesn't want to be there. She's like, well, my parents thought it would be a good idea. Maxwell apologizes, and it's Lucy's a like, really good apology, apology. on oh, his oh, end. Oh, yeah. He, like he he pulls out all the stops here. Yeah, and it's once again just like Nathan Carlson is doing a really good job making the character of Maxwell so sincere mm-hmm. on this. And I think some something I noticed in this in this episode is. And even in Way Late in the Windy City, like, they have cut back Maxwell's, like, hippie slang mm-hmm. way of talking a lot. Yeah. Like, he's still got the hiyas. Yeah, yeah. Um, Hiya. But he doesn't, he's not nearly as, like, like, the old Maxwell was such a smooth operator. Yeah, he's like a, like. He was like real one of those, slick and yeah. slimy and just kind of like. Like one of those, like, old-timey, like, play a street carnival game and I'll steal all your money situations. Right, like, right. Whereas now, like, all kind of that fake charm mm-hmm. is kind of gone from him. Mm-hmm. He's not, he's not nearly, he's playing it sincerely rather than manipulatively. Mm-hmm. And they do a like vocabulary change to echo that yeah. in a way that I think really works. Yeah, I really hope that was intentional. He still feels like Maxwell. Yeah. But they they took off some of that some of that grease. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's uh, yeah, he, uh, he it feels like Maxwell took off the mask, like Maxwell, you know, clocked out from being a weasel and now right. he's Maxwell. Right. And uh yeah. And you really get this in this in this really good apology. And and Lucy's definitely like I said, she she's still very much she's not quite ready to forgive him. She's you know, she's yeah. there kind of resentfully. Yeah. And so he lays all this stuff out and she's just like, Look, there's some things you just can't make up for. Mm-hmm. And she 
starts crying and Maxwell tries to comfort her and you hear her like basically like jerking away. Yeah. Like he like that thing where like he reaches out and she like jerks her shoulder back and she's like stepping back as like he's trying to comfort her and then she just ends up running away. Yep. Um, And Wit comes over and is just like Wit's clearly somewhat like broken up and mad Mm. that this didn't work out. Yeah. And Maxwell is like so much better here where he's mm-hmm. just like he's just like no like like i i tried but like i get it mm-hmm. i suck i screwed up yeah and like i'm okay with the fa- like he throughout all of this max i think and i think the reason I, maybe i have that issue with wit being like well yeah i have to forgive you is throughout all of this maxwell is not coming into any of these interactions expecting to be forgiven Mm -hmm. he is very much he's like this is something i need to do but i am not badgering you into forgiving me yeah i am i will accept whatever you say Mm -hmm. like it is this really good approach to to the forgiveness where he's just like yeah he's not there's a thing in counseling when they talk about confrontation where it's if you're con- if you're confronting somebody and you're coming at it especially cuz you know from a Christian counselor perspective if you're coming at it from a god-centered place with a god-centered heart how they respond is their own is is coming from their own stuff their own issues and i think that that's what this situation shows where it's like even if maxwell's really not um like you know professing to be a christian he's definitely coming at it from a christ-like perspective in the sense that he's he's humbly uh trying to make amends like i think that i think that humble is the biggest thing when it comes to making an apology is like you like you said like he's not expecting to be forgiven he's just saying like i did a terrible thing and i just need you to know how incredibly sorry that i am right and i'm going to ask you to forgive me please because i know how much i messed up but i also understand that forgiveness is not easy forgiveness takes time and also reconciliation is a whole nother step that is longer than that and and i like it's still he still has this view throughout it which i think is really important to his character in this episode where he does not feel as though he deserves anyone's forgiveness Mm -hmm. he came here to apologize Mm -hmm. to go around and tell everyone he's sorry Mm -hmm. and he wit explained the forgiveness thing so he's doing that as well not fully understanding it but he does not he does not ever expect their forgiveness. Mm-hmm. So he is joyful when it comes. And when he it doesn't, he's like, yup, I get it. Yeah, makes That's sense. That's what I deserve. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I get it. W- makes sense. <laughs> Whereas Wit is like, Wit who's seeing these people of faith not being forgiving towards this person who has who he's already forgiven mm-hmm. is much more like oh my word like they them not forgiving you is like so bad and a problem mm. like i like you know and maxwell's just kind of like 
this is what yeah like i i did this to myself Mm -hmm. well and also the the understanding that forgiveness is a process forgiveness is a heart change and 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 forgiveness is so important it is so important because i think that maxwell is doing this so he can forgive himself and so he can get other people's forgiveness uh yeah he's he's just he's trying to put the past behind him yeah it's it's like it's the big thing like um like if you're like in a recovery program like a part of it's making amends for all your wrongs and stuff and like that's a huge step and and that that's what this feels like where it's like he's in aa or something like that and he's making amends for um for all of his wrongs and like i said like a part of a part of making amends is you have to you have to forgive like this is a part of forgiving yourself and moving on but also you have to understand that how they respond to it is that's their own stuff right and you aren't really responsible for that as long as you're operating within like a a humble you know um christ like part um anyway so he then re- uh apologizes to tom which yeah so tom Whit, doesn't that doesn't go well <laughs> yeah Whit takes maxwell to tom's farm and tom is just the most bitter mm-hmm. he is on edge they're mm-hmm. out in the barn he snaps at wit mm-hmm. in a way of like you like I, I know you think like everything's better now but like he did so much to me and you're just bringing him out here like everything's good like tom really goes off towards wit which i think is once again like just the staple of like how good a friendship they have mm-hmm. um because they're equals like it's like you said yeah. before like they're equals yeah and and so you know i want him out of this barn and off my property i don't care what he came here for walker edmonston is killing it yeah here yeah his the i don't care what he came here like yeah. his delivery is so good it's you can spying. tell it's like super bitter yeah it is so so bitter well and it's scored really well yeah and wit's like pushing back against tom and being like look like you gotta you gotta take him like we gotta we gotta do this thing and and maxwell's just kind of like no like i can tell when i'm not wanted let's yeah. go with yeah yeah, and another point that I kind of want to touch on because I think this episode does a really good job of talking about it is when you don't forgive the people that have hurt you, it hurts you more than they hurt you in the first place. Because living with unforgiveness is so incredibly bad for you. Like, it will... Living with unforgiveness of yourself, like not forgiving yourself for your mistakes, is so bad because you'll never confront the issue, you'll never heal. And living with unforgiveness for others will always tie you back to all the ways that they've hurt you, and you will never be able to heal and move past it in that respect as well. And I think that that's what this episode shows really well, because we get that, and then we have got Lucy coming back Mm -hmm. later being like, I've done, you know, I've done a lot of soul searching, like praying and like, I'm going to forgive you. I, I, I know I have to forgive you because God forgave me. Like, you know, there's, uh, I think the, the Bible verse in this, uh, at the end is like, you know, forgive us of our, 
trespasses as we forgive those who trespassed against us, like from the Lord's Prayer, which yep. is huge. Like, it... God isn't under the guise that we aren't going to make mistakes and that we aren't going to hurt people and that people aren't going to hurt us. He doesn't hold us to a standard of that. He holds us to a standard of, hey, y'all y'all screw up. That Okay, just ask for forgiveness. Forgive yourself. Forgive others. Because yeah. that's what I do. And that's what we get here. And it's so good because... Lucy is somebody who received a genuine apology, went through the lack of forgiveness process where she's clearly very much hurting. I mean, she ran away crying for, you know, gosh sake. And and then she wrestled with it. She confronted it. She realized she realized the way that she was feeling is important, but it also needs to be checked with what God thinks and what God sees. If you want to forgive somebody, it doesn't come from not hating them anymore. It comes from seeing them how God sees them. Mm-hmm. Like, if you want to forgive somebody you don't think that you can forgive, that's how you do it. You think, okay, how does God see this person? How does God see Richard Maxwell? He looks down and sees a guy that has probably been hurt a lot in his life, who probably has a lot of insecurities who probably doesn't come from a good home background, who probably has always sought happiness from temporary feelings and has been hurt in that respect and probably doesn't have a good support system. I mean, goodness, you know, he could have depression or something like that. Like, he could have biological issues. Like, and he's just, he's, you know, he's the prodigal son. He's lost. He's doing what he thinks will work, And now he's coming back. And what we see from Wit and Connie and Lucy is how God responds to that. And that's lifting up your robes and running to them and being like, it's okay. Yeah. 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 So leaving leaving Tom's farm, Maxwell has decided to leave Odyssey. Mm -hmm. Um, He asks Wit to go by his house and get his things. Um and then later, um, so they're at the bus station for him to go back towards Chicago. Um, and that's when Lucy shows up. Um, she says she had called Maxwell's parents' house um, and asked asked them um, where he was. And they explained that he was at the bus station, mm-hmm. which I, I thought was a uh, was a nice touch to know like oh his things were at his parents house mm-hmm. his parents live in odyssey like that's his connection yeah. to this place why like one of the reasons he's back um because yeah we really don't know anything about maxwell's personal life mm-hmm. um so it was nice to have have that established um and so yeah lucy lucy forgives maxwell and says, you know, her line is, it would have hurt more if I hadn't forgiven him. Exactly. Um, is what she says to Wit after the fact. Um, yeah. And then uh, and then Wit drives back out to Tom's. Mm-hmm. And we have a, just a 
flawless conversation. Mm -hmm. I love this so much. Mm -hmm. I find it so relatable Mm -hmm. um, on Tom's end and just, just these two friends talking about it. Because in that scene where Tom's so angry, it's easy to, as the listener, hear it and be just, and be like, well, he just needs to forgive. Like, Mm -hmm. Tom's a Christian. Just forgive her. Like, stop being such a jerk here. Mm -hmm. We've all seen Maxwell make his rounds and Mm -hmm. how he's changing to everyone else. And who is great clearly believes in him. Mm -hmm. So Tom just like get over it and do it Mm -hmm. and tom is just really frank with wit here and explains Mm -hmm. that he like knows in his head that forgiving maxwell is what he's called to do is the correct maneuver Mm -hmm. but he can't be he can't lie Mm-hmm. to maxwell and say that he forgives him because even though in his head he knows he should in his heart he hasn't gotten there yet yeah and he needs to be honest about that and i appreciate I, yeah. that i really like that so much yeah because it's the opposite of the transactional thing that you didn't like about wit it is it's the opposite of the transactional thing and it's something that i to different extents, go through with my faith constantly, Mm -hmm. which is I grew up at church being Mm -hmm. a, like, in a Christian household with all of that stuff just kind of being assumed. Mm -hmm. And so in situations, I know what I should do. Mm -hmm. According to this standard. Right. Mm -hmm. But I don't want to do them with insincerity Mm -hmm. it's about your heart not about your actions yeah and so i just i love tom acknowledging this of being like i know what the right thing to do here is but if i can't do it with sincerity it's not the right thing right i'm not gonna do it yeah like i'm not just gonna rattle off yeah man i forgive you because i know that's what i'm supposed to do Mm -hmm. i need to believe that when Mm -hmm. i tell him that i forgive him yeah and i just i love that so much and he just goes through this whole thing about all the damage that maxwell has done to Mm -hmm. him because unlike It's the same thing with both Tom and with Lucy, where, like, Wit was affected by Maxwell kind of as a proxy for Blackard. Yeah, yeah, tangentially. And there was obviously stuff that both of them were doing together that were affecting Wit. But Lucy was emotionally manipulated by Maxwell. Mm. And Tom was, had his barn burned down by Mm. this person. Mm Mm-hmm. And so he can't just, like, he has a lot more of a barrier to get over mm-hmm. than Wit does. Yeah. And I love that the show is willing to address that. Yeah. 
Um, I don't know if it was intentional, but I just kind of connected the dots that, like, Lo- uh, Lucy was completely emotionally manipulated to serve Maxwell's purpose and Blackard's purpose, and Tom was physically manipulated. Yeah. Like, they burnt down his barn so he would not be at the meeting so that they could get right. Blackard's castle set up. Yeah. Um. And, yeah, I mean, it's it's that's exactly, like, what you're saying. Like, we're... I think that, yeah, we we think about resolution as kind of a one step thing, when really it's kind of it's it's all like I always think of it like grieving, where it's like there are so many steps to acceptance, mm-hmm. and like I think that forgiveness has just as many steps because you've got yeah. Like, to truly forgive somebody and to be reconciled to somebody takes a daily discipline because the hurt doesn't go away when you forgive them. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's something that, like, with Wit, his hurt was less. With Lucy, her hurt was more, so she wasn't able to forgive him right away. And And to be honest... I'm sure that Lucy's going to go home and still be a big mess and like seeing Maxwell is going to still be a complicated thing for her. Yeah. But yeah, we don't get the impression that everything's, everything's okay. chill with them and they're just going to be friends again. Yeah. And I think it's an incredible maneuver from the show as well to head on address things that happen to both these people. Mm-hmm. And to have the less mature the child in the thing who almost tom had physical damage done to his property had you know the lives of his animals endangered Mm -hmm. um and i don't want to minimize that but i think what maxwell did with lucy was maybe even more nefarious oh for sure yeah and so and she's she made him believe something she just he just hurt tom he did he he made lucy in her heart believe something that wasn't true and so i think it's i think the maneuver of being like and she's the one who can come around Mm-hmm. is really interesting because it would be so easy to have like well tom's the adult mm-hmm. and at the end of the day his property was destroyed but like he can get over this whereas like lucy is a child and was you know emotionally wrecked by this man yeah. like she's gonna hold on to it yeah and the the maneuver of the show to be like no like tom this man who has been living as a christian forever is like can't can't come to terms and forgive um it's just it's really it's really powerful Mm -hmm. he has the line of like i know i should forgive him but it hurts like it before god it hurts more than i can say yeah like i which is so real yeah and and wit is so good in being a listener here mm-hmm. in engaging with tom with where he's at 
but not and not being like well well just forgive <laughs> right well you know what you have to do tom mm-hmm. instead he he's almost silent and just yeah. kind of chimes in um and they talk about forgiveness being a process mm-hmm. and and tom ends it with asking if wit would stay there and pray with him mm-hmm. um and just this this prayer that goes it goes out on where you know tom's just you know praying that he can like that he can do that thing you were talking about earlier of like you know the grace um of just like being able to forgive black or forgive maxwell because he was forgiven Mm -hmm. um and yeah it's just it's such a cool episode Mm -hmm. i feel like that kind of minimizes it in a way no it's it's it tackles a very complex idea that is very mature Right in forgiveness, and it's right. a kids show, and it does it really well, and it covers all sides of, yeah, like all all, all facets of it. We've got, you know, we've got Connie and Wit, and then we've got Eugene, which comes at it from a you know some more secular perspective, which is a little bit more conditional and distant. And then we've got Lucy, who's a kid and has and rejects it, but then comes back around. And then we've got Tom, who rejects it but also knows that what he needs to do is forgive him but he's accepting the fact that forgiveness is a process and and it's unpacking whether it knows it or not which i hope it does it it's unpacking a lot of different things about a very very complex but critical part of being a christian which is forgiveness and it's it's something that it also humanizes these villains Mm -hmm. it is grappling with the repercussions Mm -hmm. of things that happened yeah and taking a evil henchman caricature thing Mm -hmm. and making him a human who has feelings and making these people have to reckon with the mm-hmm. fact that he is a person. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing that I think the Odyssey does so well because it is an established universe where characters come and go. It's not like a TV show where the superhero gets killed or like the, the bad guy gets killed and then it's just moved on to the next bad guy. Like we are, we get to see what we get to see the repercussions we get to see the falling action of the falling action kind of like these are real people like even i think about the post novacom stuff where it's like all the action that we see that makes this show so enjoyable and so thrilling at times we don't get to just pretend it didn't happen and move on to the next right. adventures in odyssey like right all this stuff carries through Yep, and I think that's when Odyssey's at its best. Is like we like we've said so many times on this show, where it's like, this is a continuous universe with these very well established, well written characters, and it allows them to do stuff like this, which and unpack and 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 educate and yeah, on something that's super important. Like I mean, if you can't tell, 
I'm big on forgiveness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and I think that I think that it's a big part of Christianity. Um, probably bigger than a lot of people are willing to admit or comfortable admitting. Um, yeah. Because forgiveness is a lot scarier than not forgiving. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But moving that, on and just not never addressing something is way easier. Yeah. Than coming to terms with it. But like I said, that and I love that the show doesn't take the easier route. Yeah, exactly. There's no reason that they have to make this episode. No, 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 no. Which is why it's so good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually very interesting. And, you know, they did that with, with Monica in Novacom 2, mm-hmm. where they kind of like took the evil spy character and then fleshed out her humanity. And you're like, oh, maybe she isn't such a bad right. person. Right. You know, like and everybody's got their motives. Everybody has their humanity. Yeah, yeah. The the stuff. Yeah, just the the reckoning with the aftermath is something that yeah we saw in Novacom with like Mitch not being able to find a job because he worked at Novacom, like yeah. stuff like that, where it's like that this didn't need to be here, mm-hmm. but like it's so good that it is. Yeah, exactly. Um, it. it it makes the show just as much as the action itself, I think. Yeah, if not more so. Yeah. Because, like, so we talked the last two episodes were a very plot-heavy spy adventure mm-hmm. that was fun. Mm-hmm. And we enjoyed and we liked the story that was happening. But our episodes covering it were, like, 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. And it was very much just kind of like us recapping and kind of geeking out about the fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're hit with this episode where, you know, we're spending an immense amount of time talking about all the nuance that they get into here because what they have, like what the episode is saying and how that ties in with your faith and with my faith is so important. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. And yeah, I just... It is. It's such a good such episode. Such a good episode. Yeah, I'm. I'm really glad we got to cover it because I haven't. I had no memory of listening to this episode. I'm sure I have at some point, but I don't remember it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's. It's not one that I imagine would stick out much as a child. No. 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 It's <laughs> it just a really a sad, very one. <laughs> mature episode. Yeah. Um. I mean, that's, that's the end of the episode, right? Yeah, and that's kind of all i've got to talk about yeah i feel a bit deflated regarding it i that was really good um but i yeah i just kind of want to want to take us out um you plugging anything nah i'm i'm good i'm plug free yeah i uh i am also plug free my plug is to acknowledge that an episode of the andrew sabo podcast did not come out yeah um yeah so it didn't we, that because was we didn't actually episode. get to record. Yeah. So the recording's been postponed for that. Yeah. Sorry um, about that, guys. I just felt like I needed I to address I had to do homework. <laughs> um, but blame but Dr. That, Kime for my biblical hermeneutics homework. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the end of this album. Very, very good episode of Adventures in Odyssey. And we return next week to talk about the literal next episode, A Wrathbone of Contention. Bye, guys. Goodbye.
Wad Fam Chalk Pod is a presentation of the Lidditz Podcast Co-op. This show is a fan podcast and has no official affiliation with Adventures in Odyssey or Focus on the Family. As such, the copyright is ours under Creative Commons. Follow the podcast at WadFamChalkPod on Twitter and Instagram, or email us at WadFamChalkPod at gmail.com. The Homecoming was hosted by Dylan Weaver and Andrew Sabo and edited by Dylan Weaver. And I'm Nathan Haverstick, hoping you'll join us again next time for more of the WadFamChalkPod.